0: this morning (laughs) I'd like to use the marker board again this morning it'll help uh, help me and I believe it'll help you want you to open your Bibles up if you would to John chapter 5 want to continue looking at what we've been looking at which is really been and this there's no way to communicate this to you the way that I want to communicate it has been revolutionary in my life. And uh, I'm anticipating what God's going to do this next year and me and and, uh, communicating to me uh, really the the depth of of, uh, Him and His plan for my life. Now, in John chapter 5, and I felt that I maybe uh, didn't come as clear as I wanted to last night and maybe even some this week. I want to look at you this morning specifically at, verses 30, at verse 36, which is one verse, and it carries with the idea of to completion, which is powerful, <laughs> powerful. We've been, uh, of course, just over and over this material this week, and it's been just a pleasure to saturate in it with you even for this short period of time. The element of God's plan is really, uh, and that's, that's the way we're choosing to talk about this because it seems so evident. The evidence of, of, of God's plan, and I kind of like looking at it like that, this plan that he has is so evident going on uh, in this section that somehow Jesus is not operating um, out of his own mindset, you see. He's not operating out of his own will. He's not operating out of his own direction. Uh, I, I, don't, I have trouble believing there's, uh, there's spont, spontaneity in terms of... Uh, he gets up and says, I just think I'll go here. You, you see this sense in Jesus' life that he's, at times he wakes up and he's just driven. He's, just, he's got direction and, 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 and there's passion. There, there's absolute certainty in terms of his life and where he's going. Okay? I mean, that's really strong. Uh, He talks about this in in evidence of uh, the idea of this plan idea that what he's a part of is bigger than himself. And that's evident in the passage we looked at last night, verse 30. By myself I can do nothing. He's not not alone on this thing. It's it's literally, uh, uh, apart from the Father, and this is strong language, but apart from the Father, see, it's worthless. This whole thing is worthless. Now, we looked at this, the, and we're in the testimony section, verse 36, okay? okay? We're in the testimony section, verse 36. Uh, we know that the first 15 verses of the story and uh, all that took place in the temple. Verses 16 through uh, 30 is this conversation, this explanation Jesus gets into, ending in that whole thing in verse 30 with his own testimony, which, again, has really been, uh, see, I was so deceived on that. My testimony at first was all that I came from. Felt really odd about that, backed away from that, and de- decided to redefine my testimony. Or you want to talk about that. And I started talking about all the things that uh, I was accomplishing, I was preaching, and I felt odd about that. <laughs> you know, what else, how, what else you talk about? And then you come smack dab into John chapter 5, and see, Jesus didn't talk about who he was or, or what he's doing, he talks about who he is. Uh, one of my interns and I were talking about this last night. They were talking about the plan of God all year at Olivet, and um, and uh, the whole emphasis was on finding God's plan for your life. And they were really struggling because a lot of the passages they were taken out of context, those kinds of things. And uh, John Bowling gets up, was it uh, the end of the semester, and stands up and says, "Jesus is the plan." <laughs> Ruined the whole semester. All the religion majors are laughing. <laughs> Because he is the plan, you understand. Whew. We looked at that a little bit last night. Now, we looked at also uh, the very first night, which kind of was setting the tone for the week is what I wanted. Verses uh, uh, 31 through 35, which is the beginning of the testimony section. See, you have a very real sense that what's taking place in, in, in this conversation is, see, Jesus is being put on the spot. This is, this is not casual See, this is really serious business to them, and it's 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 almost this judicial type of the setting that they put in. It rings of the old uh, of the Deuteronomy passage where someone who's been who, who has who's become a criminal uh, who is being prosecuted for breaking the law. You understand? Who who is, who is done wrong in the eyes of God? Uh, They are it's almost this trial setting and there's just cannot be one witness, but there's two and three witnesses that are going to be involved in this. So Jesus is put in this trial type setting in verse 30, gives his testimony. And then as his witnesses stand up and he has testimonies on his behalf, you understand. Verses 31 uh, through the end of the chapter. Those are his testimonies as to uh, the, the validity of his statements. Okay? Now verses 31 through 35 is the first one we looked at. Probably should write these down for us. Verses 31 through 35. Uh, and that's John the Baptist. That's his witness. Okay? And one of the things that's really interesting is John the Baptist didn't have a witness. He was a witness. Okay. He was a witness. Verses uh, verse 36 is what we're looking at this uh, this morning and has this to completion idea. It's the works and they are a witness, a testimony uh, to Jesus. Verses 37 through 38 is the father. He has himself testified on behalf of Jesus. It's a big one. Verses. uh, Let me make sure I got this here. Verses 39 through 40. They are... Uh, the, the scriptures testify about Jesus. Then he enters into verses 41 through 44. And this is kind of like a side note here that he inserts here. And I'm really interested in invest investigating that on a deeper level. 41 through 44. Um, somehow, when you get into this, this the, the plan of God that he has for your life and the bringing, bringing to completion all that he has for you, somehow, see that somehow that negates men somehow. See, you can't be focused on, on the pleasing of men and the pleasing of God, okay? In fact, he's so strong on that, he's so adamant about that, he's so clear on that, that somehow, if you're into pleasing men, you don't have the love of God in your heart, is what he says here. And that, I mean, that's real serious business for him. It's gonna be a great study for us. Uh, then you come into verse 40, uh, verses 45 through 47, which is Moses, which <laughs> really it's own. Okay. When they put their hopes on, he's been talking about Jesus. Okay. So this is the testimony section and we, we looked at, only looked at the first one which is verses 31 through 35 which is the testimony of John the Baptist and the testimony of John the Baptist is significant for Jesus and why he brings this up because it testifies that all that he's been saying in verses 16 down through verse 30 is true. It's not what he's doing. It's not his plan. It's not his idea. It's, it's not what he's been up to. It's, it's not just some great ministry strategy that he's come up with and, and thought about and said well we'll do this. It's, he's living in response to the plan of the Father that the Father has had literally before the foundations of the earth. And, he, and, this is a, and John the Baptist is the perfect testimony for this because John the Baptist was talking about this before even Jesus started talking about this. Okay? And of course, when you talk about the plan that God has, it's all about Jesus. And so Jesus, uh, or John the Baptist in his testimony, testifies to the truth, which is not facts it's not those kind of things. He's testifying to Jesus himself that God has a plan, and it's Jesus. And John the Baptist is this big arrow. John talked about that. Uh, he's talked about that before. Of course, I just preach all John's material. But see, uh, John the Baptist was just this big arrow that pointed to Jesus and the plan of God that God is bringing about in him. And uh, Jesus says, listen, you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't be surprised at all of this. this. This shouldn't come as a surprise to you. You shouldn't have missed this. One of your own number. See, and how aggressive that is. Uh, See if uh, Ray Frank and I get in a big argument about who's better looking. <laughs> uh, you don't think that's funny? Okay, we get in this big argument about who's better looking. And we get our witnesses around us, okay? And I want to call my first witness. I don't call anybody from my family. I start calling people from his family who are saying, yeah, Jeremiah's better looking <laughs> Yeah, you're, that's funny, now I don't care what you say. Okay? Um, the idea is that's really aggressive. See, I don't call the witnesses from my own team. I call the members from his own family, from his own group. See, a member of his own group, one of their very own, that they are familiar with, one of their family. See, out of their group, John the Baptist has testified about Jesus. So he's picked one of their own. And he has testified to the truth. Okay? He has talked about this. He came around talking about the kingdom of God before Jesus ever did. And the same things that John the Baptist talked about are the same things that Jesus talked about. Really, really, really good stuff. Now, okay, this plan idea is, is circulated, and I want to cover this just a little bit more. This plan idea is just, it's all interwoven, which is Jesus, what God wants to bring about, and defining the life of Jesus. See, I have to understand Jesus in light of who God is. Does that make sense? I probably would agree with that. I, we have to understand Jesus, and, have to, and, and again, he's trying to talk to them about this. See, you have to understand me in light of God's plan, and a light of God, in light of who he is and what he is doing. And he's stressing that. Now, this is played out in the actions of Jesus, if that makes sense. Okay? He's not acting independent from the Father. And you pick this up throughout the Gospel of John. i gave give you a couple of these, and I want to give them to you again. In chapter 2, Jesus shows up to this wedding in Canaan. They've got this big issue. Okay, There's not enough wine. We know how it is. Never enough wine at weddings. And so, uh, Imam has slassoed Jesus to bring him in on this uh, issue. Okay, And Jesus mentions in verse 4, which was this is great studies for us. Um, he says to her, dear woman, my time has not yet come. Okay, Now, this time or hour... Um, would, you might, we might take that flippantly or just skim past that, but it becomes very significant throughout the Gospel of John because when he talks about his time or his hour, it's significant. It has to do with, see, his time for action, his hour of, of, uh, of involvement in what he's involved in is not dictated by him, it's not decided by him, it's not planned by him, but it's in response to the leading of his Father. So there is a time frame, there is a leading, there is a guidance to such an extent. You with me? To such an extent that when Jesus moves, it's because the Father has moved. Okay, And he says, listen, my time for acting has not yet come. Okay, says that here in chapter 2. Uh, there's not too much of that mentioned, although its content is given to that all the way up through chapter 7. Where this really begins to happen over and over. His brothers are begging him to go to the feast. We talked about this one as well. And they're, they're, they're trying to encourage him, which is wonderful. You know? Hey, you're running for this Messiahship office. Get out there. You know, you know. Come on, promote. You know. you're going to be in, if you're going to be in the Messiah, you can't hang around here in Galilee. Let us help you with this. Okay? Some strategy. It's all back to that again. See, And uh, he says, listen, the right time for me has not yet come. And he calls evil, defines evil in that passage. Okay? He defines evil in this passage as literally acting out of the time frame and the leading of the father response to the father. See, what if that was evil? What if we just defined evil in a whole different way? That means you giving me money would be evil. That'd be difficult to talk about. But, see, taking a church could be evil. Leaving a church could be evil. Um, All the the sacred religious activities, the things that we talk about, see, have the potential to becoming evil if they're not done in the hour and the significance of who he is and his leading and guidance and plan for my life. See, he's the real Jeremiah Bowling. We'll use that language. And see, I've got to be there. And anything outside of that, beyond the boundaries of that, is evil. Do you see how consistent this is? Talks about that here in chapter 7. Doesn't lay up on this. In fact, he comes to chapter 7. He shows up to the feast very aggressive. And uh, so aggressive uh, that they're going to try to kill him here. Chapter 7, verse 30. At this they tried to seize him. But guess what? No one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. See, literally, uh, I, I really got into this, and probably took it way too far, take everything too far, but um, really got into this idea that, see, n- you can't touch me unless without his approval. <laughs> I was on a plane flight to the Philippines. Uh, no, it wasn't the Philippines. Florida. It was the Florida. And it's the first time I've ever sat on a plane flight. This is this last fall, or this last spring. It's the first time I've ever sat on a plane flight where literally a person was scared to death. I mean, she was scared to death. I've never seen a woman this scared with her baby. I had to hold her baby because she was going to crush the thing. I mean, she was literally that scared. And I wanted to offer her some words of encouragement. <laughs> I said, I'm, I said uh, my name's Jeremiah. I said, I want you to know that I'm a Christian. And, uh, and God's with us on this. And she goes, yeah, but there's, being a Christian doesn't mean we're not going to crash. I said, yeah. I said, here's the thing. I said, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, without any, hey, I, I'm guaranteeing you this, that it is not God's will that I die in a plane crash. So I said, as long as you're with me, you're safe. <laughs> as long as you're with me, you're safe. And I said, are you going to, I said, you're going to Florida? She's like, no. I said, well, after Dallas, you're on your own. <laughs> Trying to make her laugh a little bit, but she didn't laugh at that. <laughs> but see, how far do you take that? Wouldn't it be something if your death was even in the plan of God? That it's going to happen in the hour. Happened in Jesus. His death was significant. Could it be that my death takes on significant in light of his plan? Okay. I don't know if she was comforted. But I really believe that. And that offers confidence in my life. Confidence. Okay. And, and this continues. It says it again in verse 44. Some wanted to seize him, but again, no one laid their hand on him. Chapter 8, coming down through verse uh, 20. Uh, you do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. This is actually verse 19. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these things while teaching in the temple area near the place where the offerings were put. Yet yeah, no one seized him. Why? Because his time had not yet come. At the end, uh, toward the end of his life, uh, we won't look at those, but towards the end of his life and the cross, uh, he's constantly, it's like he comes into these, these points where he goes, oh, like the, uh, in, in this gospel, the, the, uh, the Greeks show up. And uh, the disciples come up and say, hey, the Greeks are here. And he goes, whoa, the time has come. It's here. It's like he's surprised about it. It's, like, oh. it's the aha moment in Jesus' life, you might call it. And he's living by this. Now, this, this is really significant, see, in the Gospel of John. Now, what, what is also significant in this, and this is going to mean the world to you, so brace yourself on this, okay, is infused into this plan. And this is the way that I've been kind of thinking about it, so I want to draw it like this. What is infused in this plan Injected in this plan is how significant we are. I, I have no idea. I, have a, I, I kind of smell it and begin, beginning to realize it. But see, we have no idea how significant we are to him. That we are intricately engrafted into his plan. Okay, I mean, it is, we are so significant in that. And you can't miss it again from our passage. See, the relationship that we have, we're not servants. See, if a servant dies... Well, well, it's pretty bad. A great servant, you know. But that's not, it's, it's the father and son language. And I watch the pain that you guys go through with some of your kids and the things that they're going through. And, and man, I, I understand because we have two chihuahuas, you know. <laughs> and, and I love those little things, you know. And, and I want to be with them. And I, I, <laughs> I understand with you. My heart grieves for you. <laughs> okay? This is the language. This is the language that he puts us in. That probably falls short. But see, this is the language he puts us in. All the umbrella of chapter, get this now, all the umbrella of chapter uh, uh, 5, verses 16 down through verse 30 is father son language. That's the way he always talks about it. That's the umbrella by which he talks about everything. The judgment. See, I, and this is phenomenal in the book of John as you get this sense, and I never see it. Um, salvation was always a scare tactic growing up for me. Uh, you know, get your life right with Jesus or you're going to go to hell. And, and I, I walked sweating it underneath, you know, underneath the Father and I didn't really know him and, and didn't really want to know him. And, but I came to church, why? Because I didn't want him to send me to hell. But when you really come back to the scripture, you don't, you don't find that. Okay, the whole motivation for Jesus coming is not to send anybody to hell. It's to save them. Okay, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And whoever believes in him stands condemned already. You're already condemned. You're already going to hell. You're already a product of your own flesh. You're already death walking. There's already death seated in the back of your eyeballs. See, you're already death. And the whole reason, the whole motivation God's interacting in your life, the whole motivation that Jesus has been sent is to save you. So he hasn't come to sin. So you have this picture again that's changed, that where we're out here and we're walking and Jesus is, and this is not the right picture because he's not in front of us, but perhaps he's both in front of us and inside of us. But he's calling us, he's leading us. And and when we fall flat on our face, he's going, get up, (laughs) get up, keep coming. And he wants us to succeed. And he's, in fact, he's done everything so that we don't have to We don't have to fail. And if we don't succeed, if we aren't saved, man. The way Jesus talks, and not all the time, but when he does talk about it, it's almost like it's impossible not to be saved. So infused in the idea of his plan is the significance of who we are, of how absolutely significant you are. See, you're not a servant. You're not just a member of the house. You're not adopted. That's not the type of idea, okay? You're not just grafted in here, and I guess we're going to get Jesus, we might as well get you. No, it's, the, it's a 99-1 thing, okay? If we have 99 and 1's out there, you know, flaking out, hey, it's, it's man, I'm getting, I'm getting him, okay? That's the significance of what he's talking about. Now, bring all of that, what we've been talking about, into you know, verse 36, okay? This is what he says. He says, I have testimony, Waitier. Okay, this is right after the testimony of John the Baptist, giving his testimony. And he says, by the way, I have testimony. Waitier. John did give his testimony. John himself was a testimony. And by the way, all the language here in verse 36 is emphatic. Uh, and the, and the, and this sentence actually begins with but. So it would be but and, which is the way that they would talk about things emphatically. That's the way they get their veins popping out in the, in the scriptures. So this is emphatic. Really powerful language here, which <laughs> he's been on a roll about this. Um, he says, I have testimony weightier than that of John. In other words, not of John's testimony. Okay, really clear on that in the passage. He's not, my testimonies compare, you know, it's weightier than John's testimony. No. John, in all that who he is, as this arrow pointing. He's a part of God's plan. He's, in, he's engrafted in that thing. He himself as a testimony, I have testimony are weightier than that. The word there weightier is mega. <laughs> Which is a big word when I was in, uh, in high school. You know, mega, you know, is the Big, really great. It's, I have testimony that's mega, bigger, greater than that of John. Okay? And this is it. For. Okay? That's a causative statement. Okay? My testimony is weightier. Uh, why? For. And he says this. The very work that the Father has given me to finish, and which I am doing, testifies that the Father has sent me. Now, I want to look at this sentence with you. And uh, this is See, I don't get to do this with teenagers. Because I just hate it. (laughs) I don't know how to talk about it. So I have to do a little different. But you apparently like this stuff. So we're going to do it. This is the sentence. Okay. That I want to break down with you. Um, It's the middle of verse 36. For the very work," work. The word very is really not there. So it's the work that the Father... That the Father has given me to finish. Is what I want to look at. Okay? And any breaks in which I am doing uh, testifies the Father has sent me. There's some key elements in this we want to look at. Work. Father. Has given Me to finish, which is the whole sentence. (laughs) But it's significant, so we've got to look at it. Okay? I want to look at these. Now, uh, this is a little misleading again. And uh, I was going to diagram this for you, but John Juman said I'm not allowed to anymore. So we're just going to look at it like that. You never get my jokes. They're really good, but... (laughs) Okay, uh, <clears throat> this is sentence is a little bit misleading, and I think it's misleading in any translation. So the idea, the, what, what, what you have here, or the temptation here, <clears throat> or the miscommunication here... Is that the Father has these works, okay, that are going to be the testimony for Jesus' life. It's another testimony that's that, that's going to be testifying on behalf of who Jesus is. And the picture of this verse is, is that the Father has these works and he's going to give them to Jesus to finish. Okay? So the Father's up there, or the Father's inside, how you want to look at that, and hey, here's the works, go do them. Okay? That's the picture of the passage. Okay? The Father hands these works, says, Here you go, Jesus, get them done. Okay? Which is very misleading. Okay? It makes it sound like it would be Okay, the father, it makes it sound like the father is the subject. Who gives or has given, which would be the verb. verb and he gives what? The works. the works, which would be the direct object to me, which is Jesus. Okay? Um, <clears throat> to me, which we're gonna get to that in a second. To finish. Okay, this is this is it, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work these out here. Um, <clears throat> the Father has given the very works or given the works to Jesus to finish okay which again paints this picture of the idea that the father has these works that he's wanting to, what that he wants to accomplish or that he wants to testify about who Jesus is so he takes those things and he hands them to Jesus and he says go do them that's that's almost the picture that you get in the passage when you read it i mean it's what it sounds like to me verse 36 for i have testimony awarded in that of john for the very works that the father has given me to finish and which i'm doing testifies that the father has sent me okay uh, but that's not exactly the, 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 the correct picture, picture here. The Father is the subject of the sentence. Okay. The Father is the subject of the sentence. Has given is the verb. Okay. But has given is a verb that we w- that is given, and you, you've heard this before, so this is not new, is given in the perfect tense. Okay. Now, the perfect tense is very significant, and in this passage, it takes on this meaning, that these works that the Father has given... He gave a long time ago. From the perspective of the scriptures before the foundations of the the world. He has set these things in motion in the past. They they are not given right now. They're not given like as he's going along. Like he's walking along and God gives him this one. He has this whole basket full of works and he gives them. But it's from the foundations of the earth in the past. It has the perfect tense in the past. But the perfect means is they have ramifications in the present. They were given here, but somehow they take significance in the present. Okay? Gives them in the past. And as Jesus is living in the present, they start, wham, they start start having significance. Uh, Life insurance stuff. See? In the past, I gave that to my wife. When I drop dead, it's going to be significant. It's something in the past that's going to be significant. Okay, those kinds of things. That's kind of the picture with the perfect there. Okay, so the father has given. We're going to talk more about this in a second. The father has given the works, which is the direct object. Okay. Now, when, you, when we say, and that's in the accusative. Okay. And if you really want to know, this is in the nomina, nominative. It's in the nominative, which means it's the subject. Okay, the works are in the, uh, are in the uh, accusative, which means they are the direct object. Which means since they are the direct object, Jesus is not the direct object, so the works are not given to Jesus. Okay? The works are just given. They are given to themselves, you might say. Now, an example of this, let me give you an example of this. Would be in Acts chapter 2, verse 19. Acts chapter 2, verse 19. Pick it up, verse 18. "Even, uh, Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will give, the word there we have give is show, I will give wonders in the heavens. He did not give wonders to the heavens, but he gave these wonders for the sake of the wonders. He gave the wonders themselves. They don't go to anybody. He gave the wonders and he took those and he placed those in the heavens. Okay? So they weren't like given to anybody. They are the the end result of the giving. Okay? They're the direct object themselves. Let me give you another one. One more. Matthew chapter 24, verse 29. And these scriptures, why we're looking at these, really help bring the picture clear to us. Chapter 24, verse 29. Okay? Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give. That's the word. Has given. The Father has given. The moon will not give its light. Okay? Now, the moon gives light, but you don't get to keep it. Okay? You don't get the light from the moon and say, hey, wow, thank you. Need some light last night? Appreciate that. Okay? The moon gives its light, okay, but you don't get to hang on to that kind of idea. It's not yours. You don't possess it. It's not The light's not given to you. The light is given, but it's given for the sake of being given. And it's not obtained by anybody but the light. Does that make sense? Okay, You don't have to fully understand it. I don't either. But that's kind of the idea. That's kind of the idea. So the father gave the works, but he did not give the works to Jesus. He didn't say, here you go, here are the works, gives them to Jesus. He gives the works to the works themselves. They're just given. They're given in and of themselves. They're not possessed. They're not owned. Which means they're not Jesus' works. He doesn't get done and say, wow, did you see that? Been working on that for a while. Dad gave that to me before the foundations of the world have been working on it, preaching it. Trying to master it, manipulate it. They're not his. The works are given, but they're not given for ownership. They're given for the works themselves, okay? So the Father has given works. Jesus is in the, what we would call, and again, this is just their language, it's in the dative. Okay? It's in the dative. And that means Jesus is an indirect object. So here's how you would talk about this, this, uh, and we're going to get to this last. This is kind of the conclusion. The dative, is Jesus is the indirect object. And in this sentence, okay, in their language, this is how it functions, okay? We're going to use an illustration for this. We've often talked about here, the boy and the ball. He's famous, okay? Boy has the ball. The boy throws the ball. The boy in our our sentence is the father. He is the subject of the sentence. Throwing is the verb or has given. That's the action that takes place. The ball is the... In, is, the, is the direct object okay? the, ball has, the boy has thrown the ball that's the object of his throwing the boy has thrown the ball Jesus as the indirect object is inserted right here and in, uh, in the dative okay, when, when, when a uh, language is in the dative tense it can also be translated and most should often should be translated with it can also be traded in but it should be translated with as a primary translation of the dative case when you begin to study that you'll find that for yourself Okay, So when you translate this and you put this together, the boy throws with Jesus a ball. In other words, the instrument of this action is Jesus. Okay, So in other words, what he's saying in the passage here as the witness, and again, of the plan. Of the plan of what God has set into motion. What he has given from the foundations of the earth. What God has been doing. What he's been about. Okay, He has given these works through Jesus. The works. So these father had, the Father has the works that he wants to give, but the only way he gives them, as Jesus talks about, is through Jesus. So Jesus doesn't own them, but the works are given through him. Okay? Yeah, that's exciting, isn't it? Uh, now, we looked at... I mean, I'll just, probably don't even need to talk about this, but it'd be too much fun not to. <clears throat> this work here, uh, this word here, uh, has given... In the original language is the word, you know this, didomai. Where have we heard that this week? No, I was teasing, that's ginomai. I'm just making sure you're paying attention. This is dittomai. There's gittomai and his little brother, did-o-my. Okay, Sound the same, but they're, <clears throat> they're different. You're looking sleepy, trying to keep you awake. Okay, the idea of didomai is the word to give and you and it can be used in several different ways and we've kind of already covered this when he's talking about, you know, the father has given, it can be given in terms of a possession or it uh, in terms of giving a possession or it can be talked about in terms of given as uh using a particular relationship of physical events, which is what we have here, okay? So in terms of the relationship of the physical events that are taking place, which are Jesus' works, his signs, the wonders, the miracles, that's what's been given, and that's the word that John chooses to use to use here, that Jesus uses to use, Jesus uses, to describe to the Jewish leadership of Israel these works that have been given by the Father, but they've been given through the Son. He has no, it's not his works, is what I'm trying to tell you. It's not his stuff. It belongs to the Father. But then he adds on the end of it to completion. Okay? Or to finish. Which we would translate that to completion. (laughs) Here's the significant part. Somehow... See, the Father has set in motion these events. God has set these, set these works aside. He has put these things before the foundations of the earth. God has set aside this plan of bringing about salvation, which is all in Jesus. And even though he sent those works, they are not found to be in completion until they happen through Jesus. Okay, let me give you an example of this. Really been getting excited about this. In the book of John, because you have this plan that's, that God has had in motion, that God is in, involved in, that God is not even involved in. God is orchestrating. He's doing this. He's He's bringing about the plan of salvation. And Jesus is the recipient or the means by which this salvation is coming to pass. It's not his deal. He's not going where he wants to go. He's not making uh, little exceptions to the plan. See, it's not that kind of deal. Jesus is absolutely surrendered to the Father. Okay, And the Father is bringing about the plan of salvation in and through Jesus. That's the picture we have here. And you come to the end of his life in chapter 19. Jesus is on the cross. And the plan's about finished. Okay? And it's... Now, I won't go through the Greek here. It's stronger in the Greek. But it says, Later, knowing that all was now complete. <laughs> he looks back and he says, Wow. Plan's about done. God's about accomplished his plan. And it's been accomplished... It's been accomplished, the stamp of accomplishment is placed because it's come through Jesus. Okay. Knowing that all, uh, knowing that all was now complete and there's no and there, knowing all that was now complete so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. Amen. End of Luke, Jesus appears to the disciples and says, you don't understand, the scriptures must be fulfilled. That's the plan. And they came to fulfillment, not apart from Jesus. They never would have come to fulfillment outside of Jesus. Amen. Take that idea. And he, he looks at his life. Of course, he says it here. Knowing that all was now complete so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. Jesus said, I'm thirsty and dies. He looks at his life and says, oh, the plan of God found completion ultimately at his death. Take that and bring that into your life. God has this plan. It's phenomenal. phenomenal. But that plan is not complete until it manifests itself through my life. The plan is not apart from me. It's absolutely significant. Oh, it's a phenomenal plan. He's talked about it for years and years and years and years. But somehow, see, he tells the people under the altar. He says, listen, my plan is not complete yet. In the book of Revelations, they're crying out for vengeance. And he says, wait. There's a couple more people. It just won't be fulfilled. It won't be apart. See, somehow, if you're not in, if you don't allow the plan of God in you to be used and somehow he wants to pull apart, he's taken this plan, this great wonder plan, but he has limited it. And that sounds odd to talk about this, but he has limited it, or you might say put barricades around it, that that plan can only happen through you. So somehow, if you and I reject, see the, the result, why this means so much to him, is the plan of salvation, what is so critical, what God wants to do is absolutely tied to who we are. We are absolutely significant. Absolutely significant. And somehow without me, his plan is not what he wanted it to be. Okay? You don't realize how significant you are. You don't realize how significant you are. See, not Dr. Manley. Yes, he's significant. But see, without you in the plan, the plan's not complete. You understand? And maybe you wouldn't want to use that word, not complete, but it's not what he intended it to be. You're a part of that plan. I wonder what would happen if I begin to see my, light, my life in the significance of the plan that he has. That I so want to be submitted. That I so want to be submitted. So that somehow, see he has engrafted me into that. He's looked at me and said, Jeremiah, you wouldn't believe this. I've got this oh, car I'm trying to build. And you're a piston, man. That thing's not going to run the way I want it to run without you. And he's, in, he's tied his eternal purpose down to me. I'm, I'm that significant. I wonder if you see yourself like that this morning. I wonder if you begin to see yourself like that this morning. You do walk with your shoulders a little higher. How much he loves me. How significant I am. That the whole eternal purpose of his heart. I'm there. I'm there. I'll steal it. I'm there. And his plan's not complete until it finds its completion in Jeremiah. There, the plan, God had this plan, set the foundation, but it was like in limbo. People are talking about it in the Old Testament. It's kind of in limbo, hanging around, until Jesus came and began to live. And it began to come to completion in his life. Until at the end of his life, he says, "Oh, <laughs> it's complete. It's finished, and he dies. Jesus, I want to stand at the end of my life. I want to stand in the middle of my life. I want to stand today and allow your plan to come to completion through me. Use me for your purposes. May the testimony of my life not be about what I'm doing, but about what you're doing. May I surrender to the plan, the unfolding of your goodness of plan of salvation. It started in your son. He's been resurrected in my life. I'm glued to your face. I'm responding to you. I'm living for you in the plan of all that, all that you've dreamed from the foundations of the world, how you've, you've thought of us. Jeremiah 29 is in the plural. I know the plans I have for you. <laughs> and you've dreamed, and it's coming to fulfillment in my life. I so much want to submit to you that the plan that you've dreamed, the goodness, that you've dreamed of, can bear fruit in my life. We love you this morning, Jesus. We want to submit to your plan, and we ask it in the name of your Son, Christ Jesus. Amen. Uh, forgot my watch, sorry. I have no idea what time it is.